When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And another week of the Announcer Schedule podcast is back. Episode 24. What's going on, everybody? I'm your host, Mike Gill, Phil DeMont Mollen. He is the voice and the face behind the Twitter handle at Announcer Skeds. Although, who knows what's going on with Twitter? What's going on with you, Phil? Um, well, we're keeping the Twitter feed going, so. For now, <laughs> 20,000 plus strong, right? Right? 20,000 plus strong. Uh, announcer schedules podcast week uh, episode 24 22,000 followers by the way rate review subscribe if you like what we're doing that helps us out leave us a note on apple Podcasts. follow the feed on the sports media watch podcast feed that's tj and john on the sports media watch on wednesdays that's george on tell me a story i don't know on tuesdays and you get us on thursdays and uh, we're rocking and rolling. Episode 24. We are 10 weeks into the NFL season. Week 11 starts now as the announcer pairings have been announced in uh, some interesting games out there. So let's get over the NFL. Week 10 was in Germany. We take a look back there and then we look ahead to week 11. Yeah, we spoke to TJ Reeves last week, our you know partner on the Sports Media Watch podcast feed and he made the trip out to, to Munich, Germany. I was able to touch base with him. He made it back successfully. He had a pregame interview with NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell while he was out there. And looks like they everything went uh, well for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers radio crew. Uh, Westwood One was also there uh, with Spiro Didis on the, the play-by-play with Mike Mayock. And then the NFL Network crew was there as well. I was able to catch a little bit of the NFL Network's broadcast. I did get some feedback from one of our you know, loyal listeners that 
They thought the audio mix was maybe a little off and that it was kind of tough to hear Rich Eisen and, and some of the others from the booth. Too much crowd noise, in other words, and wasn't mixed quite right. I'm not sure if they adjusted that throughout the show or not. I only caught a little bit of the, the first quarter. Um, but yeah, uh, successful trip to Germany. It certainly looked like the fans were enjoying it and that stadium was packed. I agree as well. I thought the uh, crowd noise was a little bit too drowning out of the uh four-man booth you had there. You don't see a four-man booth too often there, uh, but they had four, Warner, uh, uh, Michael Irvin, and Steve Mariucci. Of course, Rich Eisen was the play-by-player uh, for the game. I thought the same thing. In fact, I have that in my notes here that the NFL Network, I thought, had a bad audio mix. It was uh, too loud. You could not hear the, the analysts well. You could not hear the play-by-play well. It definitely, and I don't know. I mean, they're not used to the constant crowd noise. I mean, that's a big thing was the constant. It was like a soccer game where you just hear that uh, almost the whole game, and maybe they just couldn't get the right uh, mix for that. Yeah, it would be interesting. You know, later in the show, we're going to talk a little World Cup, and, you know, Fox has taken on the the World Cup, which has just unbelievable viewership. And it'll be interesting to hear, you know, maybe how they approach that challenge as far as the soccer fan crowd noise you know my question for you mike if you were able to watch quite a bit of that game four person booth as you mentioned eisen Irvin, mariucci and kurt warner also two sideline reporters sarah walsh and jamie erdahl that's a lot of different voices for rich eisen to to uh you know play traffic cop with and and make sure they all get into the show and, and are able to contribute not to mention to to make sure that people aren't talking on top of each other how do you think that went a grand total of six on air Uh, folks during the game itself yeah I mean there's a lot going on there for sure and you know I I feel like for them to not do a lot of games I mean I I don't know NFL Network I think that's really the only game that there's a four-person booth plus two sideliners getting them all some time is definitely a challenge I thought they did a decent enough job not stepping on each other's toes kind of taking turns there um, you know, but overall, it just seems that some of the guys got lost in the sauce. I saw a lot more of Sarah Walsh than I did Jamie Erdahl from the time I was watching. I didn't watch from start to finish, but I definitely saw Sarah was on the Tampa side. She had the Brady interview after the game. Um, there was a lot of conversation from people like in our realm, I think, more than fans. You know, you have Rich Eisen, who's more of a studio host doing the play-by-play there, and he's kind of setting these guys up a little bit more uh, than, than straight calling play-by-play in the game. And, yeah, like, you know, Mariucci, who doesn't do a lot of games, Michael Irvin, who doesn't do games generally, Kurt Warner does games. So you could hear how their input was a little different. Warner was a little bit more breaking down of plays and that kind of stuff. Uh, decent dynamic if you can get rhythm. They don't have the rhythm. They don't do it all the times. But I'm not going to sit here and say it was – the worst broadcast, not going to say, man, that team needs to get more reps. They only do it once in a while. I think for what it was, they did a good job. Yeah, and you're right. It is a one-off, so maybe you do something a little novel like this. But, you know, I just kind of wonder, is it over-engineering and would it be easier if it was just Eisen and Warner, for instance? Probably. Like, I think if you said, hey, and by the way, not nothing against Rich Eisen, but I would like to have seen a play-by-player get that. You know, he's a studio guy. Not that he couldn't do the job, but we have, you know – we talk about all these guys who do all these different things every week, traveling all over the place. There's a lot of guys who don't get the opportunity. I think somebody would love to get the opportunity to do play-by-play in a setting like that. It was a great atmosphere. Everybody was talking about how great of a 
you know, a moment it was. Some of the players said, this is the best atmosphere I ever played in. Um, so it would have been neat to see maybe a play-by-player who does a lot of play-by-play capture that moment a little bit more maybe. Uh, not to rise eyes, and I'm not saying he did a bad job, uh, but to really encapsulate that whole atmosphere and moment, maybe uh, more seasons play-by-player uh, could have done that. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, but like you said, probably a little too much with the sixth person, but they were trying to make it big, I think. Yeah, ma- makes sense, and uh, we'll see what they end up doing moving forward, you know, I, assuming there's another opportunity like this. I always wonder, like, you know, everybody goes for the big name and generally a quarterback to do stuff. You know, when you're going to do a three-person or multiple-person booth, why not have somebody who is an offensive player, somebody who is a defensive player, and and have it, you know, balance to both sides, give both perspectives. If you're going to go with a three-person booth, Give the two different perspectives. Like, um, I like Mariucci, Mariucci being the coach there, but you all, you had a wide receiver and a quarterback. How about a quarterback and maybe a defensive back or a defensive lineman or, you know, to kind of balance it out and tell the story from both perspectives? I don't think we see enough of that. Yeah, that that's an interesting perspective, certainly from more of the X's and O's standpoint. And, you know, it might help organize the broadcast that much more in terms of, you know, who who speaks when type of thing when it comes to those analysts. Yeah, and I think um, one of the guys who, you know, did a lot of, uh, not a lot, but got some time that I really enjoyed his perspective was Aqib Tlaib because you didn't hear a defensive back a lot. There's not a lot of defensive backs who do this. And in a game that is filled with passing, I thought he did a really good job of breaking down coverage. He did it in an unconventional way, which I don't have a problem with. I think a lot of people were kind of just off, uh, caught off guard by the way he presented it. But I thought he gave great information. I thought he would have been a good guy to have in a three-person booth where he could have been balanced out a little bit more, got an offensive perspective, and then when there's a play in the secondary, you know, he could really kind of – he did a really good job of breaking down coverage, I thought. You don't hear that a lot because you're not getting defensive perspectives a lot. And how many guys who are doing – color at the top levels were defensive backs not many yeah I'm trying to just rack my brain for other defensive backs John Lynch comes to mind you know who who did some work for a little while there I'm sure there's others um you know but but no one else immediately comes to mind in terms of defensive backs and you're right I mean there's such a big part of you know the 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 scheme of, of any given game, especially with the way passing offenses work these days. Well, when we go through our list today on the NFL and even the college game, let's try to pick out how many guys were defensive backs that are doing color commentary. Most of these guys are former quarterbacks or some sort of a offensive player. Generally, I mean, some guys may have played defense, but uh, a lot of these guys that, you know, I'm just kind of overviewing and we'll let you go through the list here uh, Thursday night down through the one o'clock games on Sunday. I don't know how many of these guys were defensive backs. Yeah. So, of course, uh, Thursday night, we've got the Amazon crew once again, Al Michaels, Kirk Herbstreet and Kaylee Hartung, two person booth with the the sideline reporter, Herbstreet, former quarterback. So there we go there, you know, to get things started. The only guy I can think of, and I think he's calling the Eagles game this week, is Charles Davis played safety. That's the one guy. Ah. And I like Charles Davis's breakdowns. I think he is a really good guy in terms of the breakdown, but he does it from a safety position perspective. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Charles Davis as well. I mean, I tell you what, like over time, I think as the these players become more of a broadcaster than they are a player or a former player, 
you know, I think it, they're, probably their perspective becomes more and more well-rounded over time, too. So even though Kirk Herbstreet was a quarterback once upon a time, I mean, he's been broadcasting for so long right. that he's probably picked up so many perspectives and so forth. That yeah, it, 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 there is there's it goes beyond just ex-quarterback giving you know from the quarterback's perspective no question but he is also I think more of a broadcaster maybe so than a former player I think people think of him almost as a former player second and a broadcaster first um, because he was not a high profile player you know quite frankly in the NFL so when he's doing but you're right but I still think these guys see it from the perspective of, of how they played or the position that they played first and foremost well, this is a great exercise, Mike. Let's keep going. Um, Lions and Giants on Sunday. That's uh, 1 p.m. Fox game. Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson, tight end. former tight end. Uh, Bears, Falcons. That's the also at 1 o'clock on Fox. That's the Joe Davis game. He's with Daryl Johnston, a running back, fullback. fullback. Yeah. Yep. Um, Which is a position that is now obsolete, essentially. Yeah, True. 1 p.m., Rams and Saints, uh, Kenny Albert and Jonathan Vilma, linebacker, you know, uh, from the U and then, uh, you know, New Orleans Saints. He's going, you know, back to this to uh, to the Superdome to uh, broadcast that Saints game. Share Shannon Spake on the sideline. Linebacker, too, an interesting position, which was kind of like, you know, is redeveloping now in the NFL. Uh, you don't see Mike Singletary. You don't see. Uh, that level of linebacker now you see more of these converted safeties that now play the linebacker position more one o'clock games on fox this sunday panthers and ravens kevin kugler mark sanchez quarterback quarterback uh commanders and texans uh that's a fox game as well with chris myers on the play-by-play robert smith a former running back as the analyst yep uh, Eagles and Colts. Uh, you mentioned Charles Davis, you know, and I, I'm a big fan of his analysis as well, Mike. Uh, he's with Ian Eagle, uh, Evan Washburn on the sidelines for Eagles, Colts, uh, Charles Davis, defensive back. Uh, Jets and Patriots over on CBS as well. Kevin Harlan and Trent Green, quarterback. Quarterback, yep. Uh, Browns and Bills. Andrew Catalan, former guest of the, the podcast, along with James Lofton. Very prolific wide receiver. I don't know how many of our listeners are are old enough to to see Lofton uh, perform, but he was something else as a wide receiver for the Packers all those years. Yes, he was Green Bay as yeah Green Bay Buffalo as well for uh, James Lofton. Although, by the way, I uh, that game was supposed to be on the radio and they moved it because they're uh, anticipating uh, two to three feet of snow in Buffalo. So that was originally, just a little behind the curtains for you there, uh, the radio game, and that game has now been switched out. Wow, interesting. And, you know, snow is, you know, people talk about snow in in television that it, like, gets people's attention when you're flipping through the dials. If you see a a football game where it's snowing, you actually stop more often (laughs) and actually end up watching it. So for the show perspective itself, it might be tougher to get there and to, to do all the logistics and so forth. But from the show perspective, it can pay dividends as far as, you know, just having having that novelty of snow. Yeah, that was the Compass Media game. Carolina Ravens is the new game, and that will be Chris Carino, Brian Baldinger, who was an offensive lineman, Baldy. Interesting stuff. Uh, so we mentioned Browns and Bills, uh, Catalan and Lofton. Uh, then what gets it to the 4 o'clock games, Raiders and Broncos on Fox, Adam Amin and Mark Schlereth, a former offensive lineman. By the way, I enjoy offensive linemen's perspectives for the most part, too, which is, you know, kind of like 
you know, a, a different way to look at things. And certainly, you know, um, they, they are just, you know, in the middle of things so much, it might not get the attention, but a lot of uh, print journalists who I've talked to over the years, th those are their go-to guys in a locker room often because they can really get some some deeper perspective from a lot of these offensive linemen. So, you know, Schlereth with Amin for Raiders and Broncos, Cowboys, Vikings, Nance and Tony Romo. Romo, of course, former quarterback as well. Uh, Tracy Wolfson on the sidelines for that one. Uh, CBS in the four o'clock window, uh, one game, Bengals and Steelers, Greg Gumbel and Adam Archuleta. Archuleta's the a safety. There. There's one. that That's cool to see. And then uh, the Sunday night game, of course, Chiefs and Chargers, Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth. Another guy, I mean, I mean, he played a long time ago as far as the, you know, the wide receiver position. Uh, he's probably evolved like Curb Street into much more of just a, a TV personality than anything. But, you know, wide receiver in the case of Collinsworth. Yep. And then uh, on the radio side, Kugler and Ben Lieber, who I believe was a linebacker, uh, is the Westwood one Thursday night. It's the first time I think we've seen Ben Lieber do a game. Uh, this year, you said you've worked with him before, I think. Yeah, you know, so I got the chance to work with Ben Lieber during the pandemic. Um, you know, we were doing games out of the the Charlotte, North Carolina studio for Fox Sports One. And Lieber was on a package with Eric Collins on play by play. And I did did the whole season um, with them. Um, you know, that that the when the pandemic was at sort of its peak there, that uh, fall of 2020 and it was really like a week to week thing whether we'd even get these games in but ben was really interesting you know he goes by nacho by from um as far as his nickname goes a lot of people call him that and yeah he brought that different perspective that you're you're talking about as far as from that defensive side of the ball we had a bunch of big 12 games in that package and you know he's a he's a former big 12 um you know linebacker big time player in college uh, had a a good pro career as well does work with the Vikings uh, radio crew. And uh, he did some work, I believe last year with Westwood one as well. And uh, he's back on the call this Thursday with Kevin Kugler. All right. Uh, so that's the Westwood one Thursday night football ESPN radio's got the Eagles and Colts. That's going to be Steve Levy and Harry Douglas along with Dan Graziano. So Harry Douglas, uh, you hear him. He's a wide receiver, by the way, former Falcon. He, you hear him on the shows as a fill-in a lot on ESPN Radio. If you're an ESPN Radio listener, you'll hear Harry Douglas from time to time filling in for maybe Keyshawn Johnson or Chris Canty or uh, sometimes when Greeny's off for six weeks uh, in a row, you'll feel you'll hear Harry Douglas in there with Chris Garland uh, a bunch. Uh, Sports USA, Larry Kahn, Dave McGinnis, who, by the way, Dave McGinnis was a former coach. Um, and they always give interesting perspective. I don't know why more coaches – I guess they're a little dry maybe sometimes to do the color, but they usually give some pretty good perspective if you get a good one uh, who has got some personality. Uh, Mike Cousins, who's been a guest of the podcast, you can go back to the archives. He's doing the ESPN Radio Raiders-Broncos game with Kelly Stauffer, a former quarterback uh, with the Seahawks. Dallas, Minnesota, that's that weekly Compass Media national game. Dan, uh, Danny White is the analyst quarterback. Kevin Ray is their play-by-player. Josh Appel and Brandon Noble are doing the Sports USA Bengals Steelers. Brandon Noble played uh, defensive tackle. He, he kind of made it his rounds through the NFC East. Was a Washington franchise, whatever team name you want to insert for them. Played for uh, Dallas as well. And then Tom McCarthy, who's been on the podcast. Go back to the archives. You can listen to T-Mac. He's doing the game with Ross Tucker, who's a guy who's 
getting a lot of work now. Ross Tucker's all over the place. He's a Philly guy. Uh, he does a lot of radio in the marketplace as well. And then another Philly guy, Mike Golick, is going to do the uh, Monday night. He had been doing a bunch. They're in Mexico City, by the way, for Monday night football. That's Ryan Radke and Mike Golick. So Radke and Golick, no Kevin Harlan this week for uh, Westwood One. Yeah, and uh, Tucker, uh, former offensive lineman. Golick, former defensive lineman. Uh, so uh, back to the trenches with those two. By the way, uh, Kevin Harlan is in the 1 o'clock game with the Patriots in New England. I'm guessing that they couldn't maybe get him to Mexico City or maybe he just didn't want to travel or what, but he generally does that Monday night game, correct? Yeah, and, and maybe a, um NBA game on the backside of all that. I'm not sure, you know, in terms of – it's also Thanksgiving week, so I, we ha- I haven't looked that far ahead as far as, you know, what – Westwood one plans are for Thanksgiving. So maybe all that uh, combined, you know, with the international travel as well, uh, just didn't make sense for Harlan. All right. Uh, then we got college, big slate in college. We're winding down the college season. Uh, so let's take a look at some of the highlights for uh, this, uh, this weekend in the college football world. Yeah. I do want to mention that, you know, this past uh, Tuesday night, there were some really good matching on, you know, I, you know, this is fun to watch always, you know, these, Tuesday, Wednesday night shows, um, ESPN networks, as well as CBS sports network. And, you know, good opportunity for some of these guys to, to maybe get some reps and some different roles and so forth. And, you know, a lot of attention for Connor onion, you know, a play by player who honestly, I don't, I didn't know that much about. And, uh, you know, one of his clips has gone a little viral as this Bowling Green Toledo game came down to the wire. Uh, so that was cool to see uh, Rocky Boyman was along with him. Um, but yeah, those matching games, there was snow going uh, you know, up there in Toledo, Ohio as well, which, which added to some of that excitement. Um, yeah. And this weekend, you know, another full slate, um, you know, kicks off tonight. If you're listening to the podcast on Thursday night, another Thursday night game on ESPN, SMU and Tulane. That's the Matt Barry, Lewis Riddick, Harry Lyles junior team. And then Saturday will kick off and, this is interesting. College game day. We've been kind of following where they've been going each week and another uh, debut, you know, first time to the state of Montana yeah. for the 121st brawl of the wild Montana in Montana state. And it was kind of interesting how this one went down. You know, typically they announce the college game day location on Saturday night in like the fourth quarter of whatever that primetime Fowler Herb Street show is. And because I think things were pending in terms of a decision on this one, they waited until Sunday morning. You know, the conventional wisdom said USC UCLA would be the location, but UCLA loses late Saturday night to Arizona. And suddenly that game doesn't have as much juice. And on Sunday at 11 a.m., which is pretty late for an announcement of where game day is going, college game day announces that they're heading to Bozeman, Montana for Montana and Montana State. So that'll be interesting. I'm, I'm curious what the weather is going to be like there, not to mention, you know, the, the travel, um, probably not the easiest place to get in and out. However, um, you know, there is private aircraft involved with the, the college game day crew as well so that certainly helps matters i think we should real quick talk a little bit about the college game day crew and see how it's kind of evolving and what's going on here pat mcafee it appears and i don't know how much phil i know you work a lot on the saturday mornings uh doing games so i don't know how much you watch but it seems that pat mcafee 
is essentially getting groomed to take over the Lee Corso role, but they don't want to have him assume the Lee Corso role right now. Uh, if you watch the pick segment this past week, Corso usually does the headgear. Obviously, he's not there right now. But this week, McAfee, who really plays to the crowd, I mean, he is a total WWE character. He gets the crowd going, and then he turns on them. But this week, the guest picker made the pick, the final pick, that normally would be the Lee Corso role. So I think they don't want to give the perception that Corso is getting pushed out the door here, which he's not. ESPN has said he's there until he wants. But it seems apparent that right now Pat McAfee's here and he's here for the long haul and he is going to be the next personality on that show. He's getting the prime time, the start of the show, and he's getting the end of the show. Considering McAfee's popularity, it it makes a lot of sense and it, it would be a – you know, evolution of sorts as far as kind of going to a younger demographic and, the, and those kind of things. You know, in terms of like the the picks at the end of each show, you know, to me, the headgear thing is so sacred and so um, specific to Corso that, you know, it would make no sense to try to uh, recreate that, you know, with anybody else. And you, you do need to be delicate, you know, because it's still Corso's spot, you know, for now. And you know, until, you know, the retirement or whatever, you know, the decision might be is official. But uh, yeah, you know, I think you make a lot of sense. And I think probably most, um, you know, pundits would agree, you know, as far as, you know, if you were to, if Vegas created lines on, on such things, you know, McAfee would be, you know, the early favorite, no doubt about that. Yeah, it seems that he has kind of leapfrogged David Pollock into that uh, prime spot, you know, in, in that show where Pollock seemed like, he was going to be the next guy that was being groomed to to be, you know, the, the really a, the mainstay. And it seems that McAfee has now turned into this character that they just uh, can't push uh, push away. They've, they they need to give him more airtime. That guy's story. We could do a whole podcast on the the growth and the evolution of his uh, of his uh, um, career. Really, I mean. Uh, what a self-made man that guy has turned into, man. Uh, I'd like to have his bank account. Let's just say that. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 support your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL. Um, so tip of the hat to a fellow mountaineer 
um, Pat McAfee. I do have the play, by the way, Connor Onion, uh, Bill Rafferty, um, with the call on Maction Toledo. Here we go. From the 42 on third and 10. And Hines nearly got home again. McDonald runs away, has it complete, and there goes Keith into field goal range with the first down, off a tackle, end zone! This is Maction! Absolutely unbelievable. Look at this place. Teron Keith. Running back, and Toledo fans are stunned. I think Bowling 21 until Bowling Green did this after McDonald took that shot the play before. He steps up the pocket and then just has to throw across his body to a, a streaking Teron Keith. He's got two guys on him. And then can't make the tackle. He punches it in for the touchdown. There's Connor Onion and Rocky Boyman, a former linebacker, by the way, on the call there on uh, Maction for uh, Wednesday night. Tuesday yeah, night, Con- by the way. Connor Tuesday Onion, night. that the great opportunity for him, and you know, I think I honestly think like this very play and this call might propel his career a bit. I mean, he's very new to the game. You know, just joined the ESPN roster in fall of 2021. He, he big the Big Ten Network as well. Uh, Southern Illinois um, guy, a Saluki. You know, so he broadcasted their games on you know um, the ESPN outlet there. Um, and yeah, you know, like kind of a a, a quick um, arrival here for for Connor Onion, and this certainly uh, was help his cause. Rocky Boyman, I've had the chance to work with him a little bit as well. Um, he he was actually part of a a crew that we got the chance to to work with um, back in the day and doing a lot of field analyst work, which is a role that some of these guys take on as far as you know, kind of an open microphone situation down on the field um, as opposed to a sideline reporter job. And then uh, you know he's up in the booth there with with Connor, but uh, cool opportunity and, and great to see you know the Mac schools get some attention as well. All right, big slate this weekend here before Thanksgiving because next week you get a little bit of a um, you know you got games on Black Friday, you got all sorts of stuff. So this is really. Uh, the last, like, you know, college football weekend before we start to get into the holidays and then you get those uh, championship games coming up. So what are we looking at this week? Yeah, the the slate kicks off, actually, if you want to um, toggle over to ESPN2 with an 11 a.m. game, uh, Navy at UCF at 11 a.m. in Orlando, Florida. So, you know, another we talked about this before an 11 a.m. game involving a service academy. Uh, Brian Cooster, uh, Dan, Dustin Fox and Dana Boyle, uh, they drew this one, which will mean getting out of Orlando, wherever they're headed next, probably at a very early hour. So um, day kicks off with that. And then Illinois, Michigan is the noon ABC game. McDonough, Blackledge and Molly McGrath. Uh, TCU Baylor also a noon game that's on we're on Fox Jason Benetti and Brock Heward uh, Wisconsin Nebraska Mark Jones RG3 and quit Kucinich and actually a game I'm going to be working Northwestern and Purdue uh, with Eric Collins and Devin Gardner that's over on FS1 by the way Dustin Fox is a cornerback uh, so there you go there's a corner Dustin Fox former corner Brock Heward quarterback Robert Griffin quarterback 
Gardner quarterback. Those guys get all the jobs. By the way, ESPN Radio, Mark Kessler, who's been on the podcast. If you missed it, you can go back to the archives. Kelly Stauffer, quarterback. So a lot of these quarterbacks are taking all the jobs out there. Ross Tucker, by the way, is doing a college game for CBS Sports Network on Saturday, UConn Army. So Tucker's got, uh, was it at Sunday Night Football? And then he's doing Saturday UConn Army. So no job too small for Ross Tucker. Yeah, and then we we move on into the afternoon um, game. I'm sure you'll be tuning into Kansas State and West Virginia. That's over on ESPN Plus at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Mark Neely and Barrett Brooks. That's my buddy on Barrett Brooks. That one. Barrett used to work here on my station, 97.3 ESPN. He is now a pretty big personality in the market. He does the Eagles uh, pre- and post-game show on television on NBC Sports Philadelphia. He does uh, NBC Sports. He's got a show on there. So Barrett is a pretty recognizable name uh, in this market. He's also a Kansas State alum and a former offensive lineman, won a Super Bowl with the Steelers. O-line being represented there, which is cool. Oregon State in Arizona State. Uh, Anish Shroff and Brock Eisweiler, uh, the former quarterback, of course, um, on that one. Uh, Joe Tess and Greg McElroy, they get the Ohio State-Michigan game on ABC at 3.30. And then the the 3.30 CBS game, Georgia and Kentucky, Nestler, Danielson, Jenny Dell. Miami's at Clemson at 3.30 on ESPN. Um, former guest of the podcast, Bob was choosing along with Dan Orlovsky on that one. So a bunch more quarterbacks there on, on that grouping at three thirty. <laughs> yeah. Osweiler, McElroy, Orlovsky. Uh, you got a bunch of quarterbacks so far that are calling the college games here. Uh, as we take a look at uh, some of the games, as we get a little bit later on in the day, we got, uh, by the way, we always talk about the radio stuff. Uh, there's a interesting slate on radio. I know the Michigan-Illinois is the Westwood one game. Uh, Compass Media, George Sedano, late night game. You got Sedano and Tom Ramsey. Uh, that's a game that we're carrying on the radio. It's going to be uh, Utah and Oregon. That's 1030 on ESPN Radio. You don't see a lot of those late night radio uh, ones, but uh, if you're driving around late night, you get that. So uh, you get, uh, you get uh, some late night offerings there. Yeah, now you're speaking my language once we're getting into these late-night offerings. Um, but a little earlier, 7 p.m., the Fowler-Herb Street game is Tennessee and South Carolina. Then as we get into the the evening, uh, you mentioned um, the game with uh, Sedano and Ramsey on radio. Utah-Oregon, that's Dave Fleming and Rod Gilmore on the TV side. A little earlier out west, uh, we mentioned the UC. USC UCLA game that that lost a little bit of its juice. Uh, that's actually the the number one Fox team, Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt on that one. And then one note there in terms of the sideline reporter, it's usually Jenny Taft with those guys. Allison Williams will be the sideline reporter for that primetime Fox game, USC in UCLA. The reason why Jenny Taft is going to be on World Cup soccer coverage for Fox, um, you know, these next couple weeks and uh yeah then we we get into those late games um which i always enjoy fresno state and nevada is the uh big nightcap of those 10 30 p.m cbs sports network chris lewis and robert turbin on the call then there's another game in hawaii 11 p.m unlv in hawaii um you know if if that's a must watch for you for whatever reason and rocky boyman by the way we mentioned him on the maction he's also on a saturday night uab lsu uh, he'll be on the color. That's an ESPN two game. So uh, Clay Matvick is the play by player. Dawn Davenport on the sideline. Rocky Boyman getting some extra work this week. So a lot of college football for you as we're winding down the college football season. But that means we're starting 
the college hoop season, which I am all over, man. I have watched so much college hoops. Uh, last night I was watching Memphis and St. Louis on uh, CBS Sports Network, and I've been uh, watching college basketball all week since this thing has started. But uh, I know some heavy hitters started last night or yeah, this I, week. I'm with you. Yeah, a, a couple nights ago, if you're listening to this on, on Thursday, um, you know, a couple big games in Indianapolis, and the first one ends up going double overtime, Kentucky and Michigan State. It was the return of, of Dickie V and Dan Schulman on the play-by-play for that one. That'll put seven seconds. Gets it to Hogard, still on the baseline. Back to Walker. They got something going here. Hall. Hall, that's yes! the right guy. Hall was the guy. Hall, and eventually, Hall got free for an easy two. I don't think he gets enough touches. I think Malik Hall has really good ability, and I really believe he's a veteran player. I think he's got to get more touches. He can drive the ball. He can shoot the three. There he is attacking the rim. They're just hearing Dickie V back. We talk about coaches, getting more coaches into the color analyst role. That's a coach who has some color right there. Yeah, it's it's great to hear him back. And, of course, uh, you know, he brings his uh, one-of-a-kind style as well. And then, you know, the late game later that evening as part of the, that ESPN doubleheader ended up going off way later than expected. It was originally a, a 9.30 p.m. Uh, scheduled tip-off. But, of course, the double overtime and then the, the warm-up times involved push it back. And so Dickie V just did the first game of the doubleheader. Uh, which is understandable. And then Jay Billis uh, was the analyst with Shulman for game two of that doubleheader, Holly Rowe on the sidelines. And then over on um, one of the ACC network, um, you know, online offerings, and I guess there was probably some, you know, linear TV availability maybe in certain markets of this one, uh, Wake Forest over Utah Valley. This was a buzzer beater, a wild finish here. Um, got a lot of attention. This clip, Evan Leppler on the play-by-play. He makes the catch. He gets it to Appleby. Good look. Bogey! There you go. Wake Forest wins it at the buzzer. Tyree Appleby. There you go. Uh, Evan Leppler, a new name maybe for some people out there. Yeah, Leppler's name actually came up um, in one of our interviews on this podcast. Uh, Mike Cousins, you know, uh, classmates with Evan Leppler, at Syracuse, you know, part of, you know, his crew there. And uh, great to see him uh, call that buzzer beater. And uh, yeah, it's the time of buzzer beaters. It's the time of college hoops. What's coming up next is a lot of these tournaments happen during Thanksgiving. So uh, games we played all over the country and, you know, even outside of the United States and places like the Bahamas and things like that. And so um, there's so much college hoops that you can just settle in you know, after your your Thanksgiving dinner. And if you haven't had enough football, you want to go the college hoops route, you know, there's games all over the dial. Yeah, uh, last night, by the way, I'll just give a quick little – I don't remember who was doing the color. Uh, Dave Ross was the play-by-player for St. Louis Billikens Memphis Tigers on CBS Sports last night. So uh, those guys uh, kept me going late last night. That game got over around 11 o'clock uh, on the East Coast here, so – uh, college basketball all over the place, and we will uh, dive a little deeper into all the college basketball stuff, obviously, as the football season gets to a close, but we do want to give uh, a couple mentions there. And now the NBA, which, uh, you know, it, it's in the early portion of its season, but we're getting into the holiday season. We usually talk about Christmas being that uh, kind of kickoff for the NBA season. Uh, we're getting close to Thanksgiving here. 
Yeah, and uh, by the way, uh, Bob Wenzel was on that call with, with Dave Ryan Bob for that Wenzel, Memphis yes. State Lewis game. Yeah, Wenzel's been around a long time. You know, former coach himself. You know, uh, broadcasting games like this, and you know the old hat for him. No, they were no wearing doubt. the old CBS uh, jackets with the eye on the uh, on the pocket there. Nice, good stuff there. And yeah, you're right. NBA um, right around the corner as far as heading into the holidays, and you know certainly things will, will heat up even more there uh, if you're. Listening to this podcast on Thursday, there was a couple games last night. You know, Mark Jones um, was the play-by-player for Celtics and Hawks, along with Doris Burke. And then the Warriors-Suns game was last night as well with uh, Dave Pash and Mark Jackson, George Sedano uh, reporting there before he heads to, to Oregon for the ESPN radio game on college football over the weekend doing play-by-play for that. And then Friday, a uh, couple more ESPN games and uh, Ryan Rucco on the Bucks in 76ers along with Doris Burke and Cassidy Hubbard on the sidelines. And then this is an interesting group here uh, for the Knicks Warriors game. That's going to be um, compelling from a broadcaster standpoint, Mike Breen on play-by-play Richard Jefferson and JJ Reddick, you know, both analysts. So three person booth there. More you know, Reddick. Green, of course. More Reddick. More Reddick. Yep. So um, it'll be interesting. This is the first time, to my knowledge, that this group has been together. And Breen, obviously, you know, experience as far as working with a three person booth with Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson. But this time, Richard Jefferson and JJ Reddick. So this will be really compelling. I think Nixon Warriors late Friday night, Ross Gold on Day on the sidelines for that one. Very good. And, uh, oh, by the way, I want to go back to the college. Women's basketball, NBC, I was watching this game because there's a girl who plays for Notre Dame that I covered in our area, Kylie Watson, uh, and we had the first ever live presentation of a all-women's college basketball broadcast on NBC on Saturday. Yeah, th- this was uh, really kind of interesting that this was the first time that this had ever happened on NBC, you know, and part of it is that NBC for, for years hasn't been showing, you know, that much college basketball, men's or women's, but, you know, this Cal Notre Dame game, it was played in St. Louis um, and a great opportunity for an all female broadcasting crew to, to get on the call for this one. And uh, yeah, really cool stuff. First time that there's been college basketball on the, the main NBC network for quite some time you know dating all the way back to a game that you know i believe bill walton called uh once upon a time and uh yeah zora stevenson handled the play-by-play you know um you know she's been doing work with the notre dame broadcast on the sidelines and also has done work um out of i believe the the milwaukee market uh mainly but she's gotten some reps in terms of the play-by-play um you know on usa network and you know, um, places like that in previous years. LaChina Robinson, you know, who's um, been around quite a bit on the women's basketball side of things, done a lot of work with ESPN as well. Uh, She was the analyst for this game. And then Isis Ice Young was the reporter. So a really cool opportunity. Um, You know, I'm glad these broadcasters got their their due for this one. And um, yeah, cool to see. Uh, the first ever live presentation of a women's college basketball game on NBC, the big network. Yeah, so uh, we talked about Ice Young. Let's go to the Ice NHL. That was uh, cool, by the way. I did watch a good portion of that game. I can't say I watched it from start to finish, but I did watch uh, a good chunk. I was watching Kylie Watson, who plays for Notre Dame. She actually transferred from Oregon to Notre Dame. 
Uh, so there's a little uh, reason why I was uh, tuned in on that game a little bit. Some local flavor for me. NHL um, and a couple games here that we're going to highlight for uh, for the NHL. Yeah, you know, it's actually there's not that much happening this week per se in terms of national broadcast. Obviously, you know, the teams are still still going strong and there's plenty on the regional networks. Uh, if you're catching this on Thursday, there was a couple games on TNT last night. Uh, Brendan Burke on the play by play for St. Louis in Chicago and then uh, Kenny Albert as he juggles his schedule. Uh, he was um, on the Los Angeles Edmonton game. Um, along with Eddie Olchick and Keith Jones on TNT. But we'll keep an eye on NHL as we continue to move forward. And certainly, you know, um, both the TNT, Turner packages, and, and ESPN will get going in earnest before we know it. And I will mention on the radio side, uh, Sports USA does have a NHL schedule. It starts on Monday, January 2nd, the Winter Classic at Fenway Park. And then they do the Stadium Series at NC State this year. That's on February 18th. Uh, Sports USA does a good job. They do the Stanley Cup. They do the finals, conference finals. So uh, just to kind of let people know, there is national NHL radio as well. There's also World Cup that starts on Friday, and this is a big deal for Fox and FS1, and you're going to uh, see um, you know, the World Cup uh, up against uh, NFL football on Sunday. We'll see uh, John and TJ can talk about the ratings of how that goes. Uh, but who's going to be calling some of this? Who are some of the voices that we will be acquainted with starting on Sunday? Yeah, so starting on Sunday, we get going in earnest with the World Cup, and then there's there's games, uh, you know, basically every single day. So you can you can settle in next week with the group stage. Uh, you know, most the the names and the announcers for these World Cup games, and I'm I'm actually glad this is the case are pretty much soccer specific announcers, you know, so they know their stuff from a soccer standpoint and uh, John strong, who we spoke about as far as, you know, some of those great calls with that MLS cup last week. Um, He'll be handling a bunch of the play-by-play along with Stu Holden. Um, And then, you know, a bunch of other names, Um, JP Della Camara, Colby Jones is one, one grouping Uh, Derek Ray and Allie Wagner will work together. Um, Ian Dark and Landon Donovan uh, will work together as well. Jackie Oatley and Warren Barton. So those are, you know, your your booths in terms of um, the World Cup coverage. Um, studio host uh, Rob Stone, uh, who does a lot of work across the board for Fox, uh, including college football. So he's going to be focused on World Cup the next couple weeks here. Um, Kate Abdo as well, who's you know more of a soccer specific host. She'll be. Uh, on a bunch of these shows. Uh, studio analysts um, include uh, Alexi Lalas and Clint Dempsey, both uh, big stars from the U.S. national team once upon a time. And we mentioned uh, Jenny Taft. She's one of uh, several reporters who will be out there um, on this World Cup coverage as well. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting, you know, happening from Qatar, happening this time of year for the first time, you know, as opposed to in the middle of the summer you know, um, what most people, you know, uh, contend is the biggest sporting event in the world is, a, is about to go off during a time of year that you're, you're not used to seeing it, you know, during November. And for United States um, perspective, going up against sports like the NFL and college football, not to mention, you know, the NBA, college hoops and NHL. So it's going to be a crowded broadcasting and television sports landscape, um, you know, with 
uh, World Cup play becoming um, apparent, you know, on Sunday. Uh, the time of games are worth noting as well. You know, the first game, Qatar in Ecuador on Sunday, that's at 11 a.m. Eastern time. And then as we get going, 5 a.m., 8 a.m., 11 a.m., 2 p.m. on a lot of the weekdays. So, you know, maybe it they have, you know, exclusive windows as far as other live sports going on. But still, you know, it's a lot of time invested for people in front of TVs. And, you know, people can only give up so much of their day as far yeah. as what they're watching. Well, I, I always see, you know, I talk about this, and maybe John and TJ can do uh, something on this about, you know, would a sports league um, benefit from finding a niche? You know, baseball or the NHL, even the NBA, doing weekday, like daytime games. I mean, look, nobody's watching anything on TV but sports. Why not put a million people, if it's only a million, and I say only, that's more than you're getting for at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday, and make that your thing. Wednesday afternoons on Fox, we've got hockey or whatever it is. Uh, we'll see uh, live sports in the morning. People work from home. I think one of these leagues should make that something. Make uh, an early afternoon or a late morning game on a certain weekday and really, you know, try to brand something there, much like they've done with Maction, <laughs> right? No one's watching Toledo and Western Michigan on Saturday, but you put it on Tuesday or Wednesday night, you're getting eyeballs. So why not take advantage of a dead time of the of the television day and just – brand it i don't know why is a league um mls or something i know mls is going to apple so that's uh the, you know going to be interesting to see what happens there but one of these bigger leagues saying hey two o'clock wednesday afternoon that's our day and time we're going to make a big deal out of it yeah i would i would think the decision making process also involves um gate you know in terms of who can actually make these games live and in person um it would be much more of a made for tv type experience and I, I think, think you'd that's be surprised, the sacrifice though. they make. I think you'd be Maxim. surprised. Baseball, you know, business person specials were always popular. If, if your team gets it once in a while, you you can. You, I think you can make something. I, I if you if it was the same team every Wednesday, that might be tough. But if it's a once in a while thing, I think you can brand it in that town of Hey, Wednesday at two o'clock, come on out. We're gonna have um, you know Minnesota taking on, and it's gonna be a, and it's every you know something to that effect. Yeah, and in terms of college football, I know the the Maction games have a hard time drawing spectators. I mean, part of it is the weather, you know, in, in that part of the the country, a night game on a school night. Um, you know, it, they have a hard time, but it's a um small price to pay in terms of the exposure that the Mac's getting with those games. So, I think it makes a lot of sense what 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 you're talking about here, but I would imagine, you know, when it comes to sort of the the decision making, you know, that would be part of the thought process as well. You know, I remember they were talking about doing Pac-12 uh, college football games, 9 a.m. starts. Um, I don't know whatever became of that, but they were they were talking about that for for a bit as far as 9 a.m. local starts for, for the Pac big noon games. Saturday for the big noon for the Saturday. big noon. Yep. Yeah, and so I don't know if any of that's ever <laughs> you know manifested or what's going on there. That's an but, interesting. You know, it's, it's an interesting branding, by the way, Phil. The big noon Saturday which is only in the east. It's really the big 11 a.m. Saturday in the central and the big 10 a.m. Saturday in the mountain and the big 9 a.m. Saturday out west, which is 
where they have a lot of their rights are out west. So the big noon Saturday doesn't really play for the people in the Pac-10, Pac-12. Yeah, it, true. And But I guess, you know, what, what I've been noticing is it's almost always a Big Ten game, sometimes Big 12, I guess, with, you know, Texas, Oklahoma and that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, um, it's an interesting proposal. It certainly gets my attention when sports are on in, you know, non-traditional hours. I, I end up tuning in. You know, like this summer, like I watch a lot of the Tour de France every year. And part of it is it's like the one live sporting event happening on a weekday morning at, you know, 10 a.m. Eastern time. So I end up watching it for a little bit. So uh, I think you're you're on to something there. And it'll be interesting to see if any of the leagues um, actually pull the trigger and go that direction. All right. Uh, some sad news. Uh, I am a 45-year-old. So Fred Hickman, a pioneer, is right up my alley at a time you know, we had the Monday Night Wars, if you're a wrestling fan. Well, we had CNN Sports Tonight, and we had Sports Center. And if you're somebody of uh, my generation, Fred Hickman, Nick Charles, that tandem uh, was every well as known if you were uh, of my age as the uh, ESPN side of things where you had, um, obviously, Keith Olbermann and Dan Patrick. You had Stuart Scott. But Fred Hickman passed away uh, at 66 years old. Yeah, re really sad news last week and just an outpouring from the industry as far as tributes for Fred Hickman. Um, he and Nick Charles, like like you you touched on, you know, the original host of Sports Tonight on CNN. That show debuted June 1st, 1980. So talking about kind of being ahead of uh, the times there. And you're right. That was a battle in terms of the ratings. You know, once again, would love to hear you know, John Lewis's perspective, you know, maybe a historical perspective on who who won a lot of those battles. But Hickman was with CNN and Turner Sports for the next 21 years. And then after that, um, you know, places like Yes Network uh, working, you know, with I guys like Michael I believe he was the Kay. first voice on the Yes Network. Oh, wow. So he literally got that network started as well, just like, you know, he probably got the, the sports uh, side of things um you know one of the first voices there with cnn uh later actually ended up being with espn so kind of some irony there despite all those ratings battles um working with uh sports center and shows like that um in the 2000s and then uh later uh spent some time with the atlanta braves uh broadcast on fox sports south and sports south networks that um going all the way up to 2011 and then most recently he was with the black news channel where he was an anchor and managing editor really running a lot of the things there but um you know he was a a great personality and like you said mike you know for people of our age you know who were literally growing up you know around you know sports television you know he was one of those voices that he you was. would rely on every night yeah and you know it was a just a settling voice like when he was on ESPN it was almost like uh it, it, like when Tony Schiavone went over to WWE for a little while and then was like ah you know he was there for about 4 years but it always just felt different when he was there uh, I, I really feel uh, him and Nick Charles it was just such a different alternative to the ESPN side of things they were uh they were fun and they were professional. You mentioned the ratings war. I, I would imagine John Lewis would find that the ratings went to Sports Center because they stuck around. Uh, CNN Sports Tonight did not. But I always found myself tuned into Fred and Nick, and and uh, I thought Fred was about as solid as they come. And uh, when I saw the news, I couldn't believe it because I, you know, I haven't seen what he was up to in quite some time. But man, my childhood of watching. 
I watched a lot of that CNN Sports Tonight, and and you know I feel like when would I have watched that? I was always watching Sports Center, but it evidently was on because I remember Fred and Nick uh, instantaneously when I saw the news. Yeah, uh, well said, and yeah, I. I can't rem- I can't tell you the last time I tuned in to, to CNN, you know, but I would tune in back then in those days, you know, because of the, their sports coverage. So um, rest in peace, uh, yeah. Fred Hickman. You made an impact on a lot of us. Absolutely. Uh, great stuff today on the pod. Uh, episode 24. Let's get into the excellent adventures. Where will you be, Phil? Yeah, so um, I'm actually heading to Charlotte to to work a couple games behind the scenes for for college football coverage. Um, I'll be working with Eric Collins along with Daryl Gardner, and uh, looking forward to to those games. And um, we're actually doing a doubleheader on Saturday. We got the noon game Northwestern and Purdue, and then Texas Tech and Iowa State on FS1 seven o'clock this past weekend. I was at the NCAA Division Three Men's Soccer Championships, the first round up in Lexington, Virginia. And, um, you know, who caught my notice there, um, you know, and it, it makes me reflect a little on all the great student broadcasters that are doing great work across the, the country. And um, up at that Washington Lee game, they did a really nice uh, production there. Uh, Jack Hunter, want to give him a, a shout out, who was the play-by-play uh, student broadcaster for Washington Lee. He really did a nice job in prep as well as execution of that broadcast. Then here where I work at Brevard College, um, I've been working with a couple of uh, just absolutely promising broadcasters on the student side want to give these guys a shout out scott douglas who's sort of our soccer specialist here he's from london england and doing a great job on the play-by-play of our uh, soccer broadcast also doing a lot of hosting work and then brady penn who um you can catch on the call for brevard college tornado athletics basketball baseball a variety of sports beyond that as well so shout out to all the student broadcasters out there uh great work keep up the great work because it can pay off if you if you keep at it here as as mike will attest it sure will and uh you know i talk about uh my play-by-play adventures unfortunately i haven't had quite as many opportunities as i've chronicled a lot of the schools in this area have changed their game times uh when do uh high school football games start in uh, north carolina um they're typically on friday nights i i guess 7 p.m kick kickoff typically yeah a lot of the schools in this area all went to six o'clock and that is not conducive for my uh, my radio show gets done at six so i cannot be in two places at one time and that has really scaled back my play-by-play this year i'm looking to get into some more college basketball i do have some more opportunities uh on that level my schedule will start up here shortly i still do all my appearances during the week i have the radio show and of course this podcast i also have the believe in the bets podcast uh that you can check out which i'm doing very well in by the way i'm 14 and 2 in college basketball so far love the early season college basketball stuff Awesome stuff, Mike. Hey, one final note. I was able to to dig up this note here. We were talking about the NBC sports coverage of that uh, basketball game, women's college basketball game. And, you know, it was the first college basketball game of any kind, men's or women's, on NBC in nearly 25 years. The last time NBC aired a college basketball game, men's basketball it was a game between Notre Dame and Providence. Providence won it 77-62 back on February 28, 1998. Wow. Don Cricky on the oh. play-by-play. Bill Walton, analyst. Don Cricky, huge fan of the Don Cricky call. I'm a big Don Cricky guy. 
uh, from the NBC days, Notre Dame. Uh, boy, there's a name from the past that uh, uh, makes me makes me smile. So uh, a couple of them today, Fred Heckman, Don Cricky, two names that I grew up with big time there. So uh, those are tremendous names. All right, Phil, uh, episode 24. Don't forget, rate, review, subscribe, Apple Podcasts. Leave us a uh, nice comment there. That always helps, that kind of stuff. Share us, like us, distribute it, tell your friends. Uh, Tuesday, George Offman has Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. Always just really good interviewer, by the way. If you have no idea who he's even interviewing, he, he gets great stories. That's why it's a story you don't know. But you hear great stuff from George on Tuesdays. T.J. Reeves and John Lewis um, on SportsMediaWatch.com podcast. They go over all the ratings of stuff and um, those guys really give you some good detail. John's a historian of the ratings game. He can pull out. I don't know how he remembers the stuff that he remembers. It's unbelievable. And then, of course, we're here on Thursdays uh, with the announcer schedules podcast. And, uh, Phil, anything you want to add before we close the book on episode 24? No, I think we covered a lot of ground, that's for sure. And uh, really looking forward to this World Cup coverage. Um, it is one of my favorite sporting events, period. And I really uh, pay close attention. So it'll be a lot of fun starting Sunday with the World Cup. And of course, plenty of football this weekend as well. So I uh, look forward to catching up again soon, Mike. All right, that's it. Episode 24 in the books. And we will be back next week with another edition of the Announcer Schedules Podcast. Always check the feed. And of course, like, like rate, review, subscribe. For Phil, I'm Mike. Have a great rest of your weekend, everybody. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.